Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of The Hungry Bleak Show. I am Antonio Pomares, and look, we're past Turkey Day, right? We're all still a little, maybe, a little full of food. Still got some leftovers. If we still have leftovers two weeks later, I got to give you props. You either have really, um, like, really great uh, willpower, or you made a boatload of food, or you went to a bunch of people's houses and you got, like, five plates. Either way, I commend you on your effort. Congratulations. So today um, I have an interview on. Uh, I, I, I love when someone tells me, hey, this is somebody that you should be checking out. I love that. I love being referred to uh, like saying, hey, man, you, know, you got to check this this artist out, this writer out, this creative, whoever it is. I love that because it's someone who I get to be um, like on, on point with and I get to check them out. And see what they're doing, see them grow and evolve and just become even more into what they are already doing, which is awesome. And in the art world and in 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 the world of, of, of creative spaces, I think that's even more beautiful because you see people branch out into different things. And it's awesome to see somebody start here and they just like like university just expand and just get more and more creative and they're different facets and finding out new talents that they have and refining their previous talents. It's, it's just an awesome thing to do. If you ever have a chance, some of your favorite artists, uh, creatives, uh, writers, musicians, even look at their early stuff and then see where they're at now in their journey. It's always so cool because you'll also find out things that you may not have known about previously. That was really cool. And you can still enjoy their more recent works. I love that. So to be given an opportunity like that, someone who I who I wasn't um, aware of and to be told, Hey, you, you need to go check this person out. I'm always for that. So I have the pleasure of today having a creative who is uh, a tattoo artist uh, and comic book artist, and just all around creative. And I love that feel. I love that vibe, that energy. So folks, without any further ado, please welcome to the show Rico. Hey, how's it going? Uh, how are you doing? How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. And no problem at all. So first off, thank you very much for being here. Um, truly appreciate it. Uh, I, you came recommended by Keith Cross, who is one of my favorite uh, artists and people and writers. So if he's like, hey, check this person out, I'm jumping. I'm running because I need to see what's going on. Because if, if you're hitting Keith that way, then I know that that, that you're awesome and you've got everything going on. So I'm so appreciative of being told about you from such a guy who I hold it like such a high standard because he's awesome. So great. Can you tell us, uh, Rico, like um, a, a little brief history about how you got into art and just the creative space in general? Um, brief. That's a hard one. I, I can try my best. I can try my best. Um, originally, I got into art just to, uh, as a way of expressing myself. Uh, only child. I grew up a loner. Uh, didn't really have any friends. Socially awkward. Didn't know how to communicate. Uh, so I was alone a lot. So art, drawing became one of my hobbies uh, up until the point where people started to gravitate towards me because of it. So it was that that human interaction that allowed me to push myself to do more. 
because then eventually I will use art as a way of communicating my deep thoughts, emotions um, to people where I couldn't, because I was socially awkward, I couldn't communicate in that manner just yet um, verbally or express myself. That's how it started. Yes, I, as, as an only child, I can totally understand that. Um, my outlet was writing or just being or just having a huge imagination with things so i totally understand that that kind of um uh communication and, and needing that to just do and that was your way of communicating i i understand that and i wish i had gotten the art part out of that not so much i tried but it just didn't just wasn't my thing um how did you get into being a tattoo artist uh being a tattoo artist, it was a very unlikely story. Hmm. So when I first um, became a tattoo artist, it was not to be a tattoo artist. It was to learn how to tattoo myself because I could not afford the tattoos that I wanted. But um, some guys on the block, they, they saw the tattoos and harassed the living Jesus out of me until eventually, you know, to give them tattoos and eventually I just caved in because I didn't I didn't want to hear their mouths anymore. But originally it was strictly for me. So I can tattoo myself because I have the funds to get the tattoos that I wanted. Wow. I mean that's look, I I don't know if I've ever heard that that story for it. So that actually is like that that's like a necessity in essence. All right. I but I dig that. Like that sounds like something that an artist would do because they, you have that vision of what you want, and you're not able to get it because of, you know, funds. Some funds sometimes don't help us get what we want, unfortunately. And you're, you're lacking it, and you see it, and you decide to do it yourself. I can't even be mad at you for that. I can't. And for people to be like, yeah, I mean, but that speaks to, to it because for people to be like, oh man. Can you do me? Can you can you do me? That shows again. That's part of that outlet, but it also shows that you you know you became so good at it and that craft and honing it that you know people trusted you to want your work on their on on their skin. That's awesome. That's that's the, that's the funny thing about it is that was part of the problem. I literally just started, so I was shitty. I mean. Excuse my language. I was I was crappy. I wasn't worth of nothing. I was just starting. Um, I wasn't prepared, ready. I was not confident enough or skilled enough to be working on someone else's skin. But they didn't understand that, so they just kept harassing. I was like, "All right, you already know. You know, I'm just starting. You know, I'm. I could possibly, most likely, mess you up. Like, yeah." And I was like, and I was hoping they say no because I really I'm a perfectionist. Um, even though as an adult, I've gotten into um, embracing my mistakes and learning from them, I hated making, making mistakes and I hated putting myself in a situation where I knew I was going to be a mess, be a screw up until I learned to get better. So I'd rather be a screw up by myself, learn to get better by myself so I can have that dignity, not mess up someone else and then have to look at that 10 years later like, yeah, I messed that up. I didn't like the idea that I was hoping they say no, to be honest, they didn't. So that kind of, you know, it, it, 
I guess here we are 10, 12, 15 years later. But at that time, I was like, crap. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I was just starting out. I mean, but they still wanted it. They still wanted it. There you go. And you go from, and again, you go from there to, you said 10, 15 years later? Yeah, I started, I started uh, tattooing my early 20s, roughly, roughly my early 20s. Mm -hmm. Damn, it doesn't even feel like that long. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's when I started. So it's probably been roughly less, give or take. 10 some years interesting but yeah um here we are it like that time flies by especially when it's something that you have a passion for and then you look back and you uh, go oh wow it's x amount of years later it really it time flies by when you have a passion for something the time will drag on if you continue if you absolutely hate it and um regret doing it every single day so for you to again go from go that length and to be here now that says something really great though what how did you get into um or, or what drew you to comic books and then wanting to be in the comic book industry uh originally so my comic book years started off way early so okay so when i first started drawing I was already into sequential art. I liked story, the idea of storytelling. So mm -hmm. my, I remember my first storytelling. This is this is pre comic book. So my my first storytelling idea. I was drawing back then when I was younger. The main thing that you would draw in probably in elementary school was Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z. Everybody everybody that drew something was drawing it. Even if you didn't know how to draw, you try and draw it. That was the main thing. That's what everybody was on. Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z. Um, so. I got, I drew so many Pokemon and Dragon Ball Z characters. Um, I got tired of drawing them, just drawing like stills, just stills um, or pinups. I got tired and I got bored with it. So eventually I started drawing sequentials, like scenarios where Dragon Ball Z characters would be fighting other characters or fighting other Pokemon or just sequential art that looked like there was a story to be told there. <laughs> and eventually I got to the point where, um, I went to, I would go to the, 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 um, the library and look for how to draw books. Uh, mind you, cause a lot of people think that I was born with the drawing. I was not, I, I messed up a lot of paper and a lot of erasers, you know, the, the regular number uh -huh. two pencils, those erasers were crappy. That's all we had though. So I, I drew a lot, but. In the meantime of doing that, I was always getting how to draw books to give me an edge. And I can't, I stumbled across my first comic book or graphic novel. It was, I forgot what it was, but it was just of something random. And that's normally, I got in the pace of looking at that, at that kind of art. And it really just drove me to and pushed me to do more. But I couldn't take it seriously because I didn't have, they weren't actual comic books. They were like, um, uh, remember the Archie comics or the 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 um, the Garfield uh, strips? Yep. The newspaper. This before, like, I actually was introduced to an actual comic book. It was uh, the comic books in the in the news strips. That's mm -hmm. where I, that's where I, where I first started. But then I remember this story 
it was it was a weird story because I used to be a problem child. So whenever you know, it, it, and it was uh, public schools. So if that gives you a paints a little picture for you. <laughs> um, so anything you did, you do not want to go to the principal's office. Everybody knows that, mm-hmm. or at least I did. One day I got called to the principal's office, and all you hear is the whole. The whole class going, ooh, because you know, if you got called to the principal's office, it was never nothing good, unless yep. you were on the roll student. Rare. Um, so I thought I was in trouble. Everybody thought I was in trouble. Teacher thought I was in trouble. I go to the principal's office, tell me to sit down. I sit down. I'm about to shit my pants because I'm thinking, okay, she's going to call my mom, and then my mom's going to come up here and cut up. I already had this whole scenario planned out, but I didn't know what I did. So I was just, just as scared. So I sit down. <laughs> I want to show you something. I thought she was going to show me my grades or me slipping in some or whatever. Here, open it. And I'm like, and, I, and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm puzzled because it's, it's an Archie comic. Uh, it was her showing me my first Archie comic, so you can keep it. I see you've been drawing. I see you've been doing this, that, and the third. And basically, long story short, she let, she gave me that. And until this day, I had that Archie comic. It's like the third third, fourth, third grade, I think. Um, and it was a, you know, a long Archie comic and I just kept it and I just was drawing from it. It opened up a whole new world for me. And that's when it started. And eventually I graduated to other comic book industries, um, uh, other companies. Like I think I started off with Marvel. Then I went over to DC. Then I was introduced to uh, Image. Then Top Cow that is within Image. And all these other just other comic books, storylines and, and industries and, and companies. And that really just kept started the whole new momentum of, you know, that whole comic book thing for me. Wow, that's. I love that. I, I love that the principal saw what you had been doing. Somehow. Somehow. They're always. I've found. Well, it's been a long time since I've been in school, but from from what I can remember, principals, a lot of them really knew what was going on with students. Um, even at that point, like principals, I mean, you would think it would be more teachers, but some certain principals will, well, certain kids will stick out in their heads, and they'll always remember them for something or other, good or bad, and. Something that I know as a kid, I remember if you were a kid that could draw, you were one that everybody focused on and knew about because not everybody could draw. Even if you were like just starting out or what have you, if you were constantly doodling or anything like that. So those were the kids that really stuck out in everybody's head. So obviously going to stick out in teachers' heads and, and principals' heads and administrators' heads as well. So for them to see that and to say in Archie Comic here, Check this out because that that is painstaking um, to be an overthinker and to be an only child. And, you know, you the one of the things you don't want to do in school is to go to the principal's office. That's one of your key things, because that means your parent got to come down there, which means all hell's going to break loose at a certain point in that day. So for you to be sitting there and thinking and you've already got the scenario in your head, like, I don't know what I did, but I know what's going to happen after <laughs> everything else is going to happen. And to be given that book and to say you keep it. I think that's incredible. I think that's so important. And I'm so happy that that principal took that time 
to do that and to educate to, to, to educate you on that and then to enrich you and show you this book and go, you keep it. That's a very important. And for you to still have the book, too. That's a very important thing. Um, and that's what I love to hear stories about, about artists being encouraged and enriched by someone in their life. And it pushes them to it, it pushes them and opens up their their um, their world into so much more and for and and for it to be like they always say that comics are a gateway drug to more art things and it's true because you see as a way of storytelling and you see the different types of art and companies what was it that what was it that made you venture into and say i want to i want to create my own comic and what is the comic about um so i think in so 2019, um, not 2019, I'm tripping, uh, 2000, I think 2006 or seven, mm -hmm. I moved to Georgia and 2004, 2003 or four, I had already had this, this gaming idea about this game, this character. And, you know, I had already been reading comic books for a while and, you know, I, this gaming character was pretty cool. Um, but then I was like, eh, I went into gaming design, looked up, looked up, looked up what it took to go into gaming design. I was like, man, I'm not, that's too much. That's too much. <laughs> so I figured, you know, I slowly started to, cause I left comic books for a while. Um, mm -hmm. I had a whole bunch of other stuff going on. I left comic books for a while. So that me not choosing to go into gaming design, that kind of pushed me back over to the comic book side. And eventually I was like, okay, well, maybe I can make this guy into a comic book or a story that I could tell then later on do what I want with it. Um, originally when I was a kid, I wanted it to be like a cartoon or a movie. Um, Cause uh, there was a lot of story, there was a lot of comic books that already had already been translated into a movie or a cartoon. And like, um, a lot of comic books, graphic novels, and stories. And I was thinking, like, okay, well, maybe I can do that, and I can just start it off as a comic book, and whatever happens, happens. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what happened in twenty around twenty two thousand six, two thousand seven ish. Uh, I moved here to Georgia, and that's when I started doing, you know, redrawing the character, thinking of plots, uh, thinking of other characters seeing how i wanted the comic book to go and it took me a long time i think i did the co i finished the comic book the first few issues like twice and then i scrapped them and then i, I just redid them a few years ago and that's pretty much it but what drove me doing that was just depression i was i was back in i was in a new place i was depressed you know i it that really what drove me to really locking in and, and into this idea mm -hmm. um, hmm. and what is the uh the name of the comic and what is it about uh so the name of the comic is uh spirit eye and the comic book has it has many layers of it but i'll try and summarize the best as i can mm -hmm. so uh it's really about this this man named marcus um He's the main character. He's a protagonist. 
and he's really he's dealing with a whole bunch of uh, trials and tribulations, a whole bunch of issues in his waking life where he's he's gotten into an issue where his fiance has gone missing and he's trying to find her. He's trying to find out what's going on with her while dealing with um, uh, issues and stressful, stressful situations that he has a problem solve while dealing with his mental health in his uh, sleeping, sleeping life. So the comic book starts off by taking you back and forth between his waking life, his waking issues, and how his mental health is spiraling while he's asleep. It's just a way of being, you know, mm -hmm. creating two worlds in one kind of thing, um, mm -hmm. kind of like a, um, is it John? You ever heard that Disney movie, John Carter? Is it yes. John Carter? Yeah, where, where he's on Mars. Yeah, yeah. So yes. I actually uh, that that actually partially, partially inspired the idea. Hmm. Um, okay. But of course, there's there's so many, bro. There's so many layers to the comic book. It's it's hard to create a, a reasonable summary to it. But that is a, a partially what um, initiated the initial plot. I. I love the idea of that because comics that comics that have like those two worlds, let's say, of the waking world and the dreaming world, and a character who's dealing with something very uh, traumatic from their past, let's say, in their dreaming world, but then they have something that's in the waking world that's right up front that's so dire and so urgent. So you can see the protagonist going through the conflict in two different worlds. So you are able to get those two surface stories, but then because you're saying the mental health, there's going to be obviously it's very subtle layers in that as well. So I love the idea of a story like that because you can read it five different times and you can see something in each of the times that you read it that you didn't see before. Stories like that always grab me there. Are, I, I can think of a couple of comics that are like that, that I read and I was like, Oh, wait, wait, wait. I read it again. And I was like, oh, yeah. And it makes you go and it makes you see all the layers that the writer is trying to do, either consciously or subconsciously. And then there might be something even more into it. So I love that idea. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I love the fact of two worlds, two stories. I love being able to again see a comic in those two ways, and it's almost like you're 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 reading two different comics at at the same time. Obviously, reading two different comics and seeing those stories, and you're and it makes you care about the character. You're like, how are you going to get out of this while dealing with that? And then this is right up front, and he's still dealing with this trauma from X amount of years ago or what have you. So, yeah, this it, it sounds very cool, and I I love I I also love the fact of being introduced to, to a new story. Because I read so many comics that it's hard for somebody to say, hey, hey, have you read this? And I'm like, yeah, I read it. It's hard for me to say I haven't read something because I read actually to a certain extent way too much and I have to pull back, truthfully. But I love the idea of being introduced to a comic that hits me, that interests me right off the bat from just the synapses that you gave me. So, yeah, definitely into it. And you said that it that 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 it deals with mental health. Um. 
that's a very important part. I, I love a comic that deals with that. And I love artists and creatives and writers and the, the whole gamut when they put that right up front and they want to discuss that. We've, within the last, since the pandemic, actually, um, there's more and more people speaking up and about mental health and their trials, their, their trials through it, whether they were dealing with it years ago or whether they found out about it during the pandemic because they were inside with themselves a lot and they realized that X, Y, and Z is happening. Um, what made you go into putting the mental health portion into the comic? Well, initially the comic book, and I think I left this out from the previous question. Mm-hmm. Initially, the comic book was never supposed to come out. Um, and I was going to sound crazy, but I was not good. I, as far as like, you know, I grew up with a lot of depressive, um, uh, depressive energy, uh, not mm-hmm. knowing myself, trying to find myself. Um, you know, think of emo just not as emo, if that makes sense. It emo does actually, yeah. Emo personality, I just didn't dress like it. Right. So just trying to really find myself. So initially the comic book was supposed to be my version of a memoir, um, just with pictures. It was oh, never wow. supposed to come out. It was my way of, it was the initial comic book idea because I was trying to figure out ways to get my pain out without it seeming corny if it were to come out, it was still, I could still, you know, play it off as something that's practical. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you know, it, it, yeah, it, you ever seen like the, the movies or shows or a situation where the sibling would get a hold of the little sisters or the, or the brother's journal or diary. Yep. If that were to happen, I, I don't want you to know exactly what you're reading, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So that was, that was my lock and key uh, idea in my imagination. So I can journal this thing out. And if anyone were able to get a hold of it, they can appreciate it as art or they could appreciate it as anything but what it is. My pain on a, my pain and my vulnerability on a page. Um, Cause back when I was younger, I, that was one of my biggest fears is just people seeing the type of pain and thing that I was really, things that I was really going through because of the fact that most kids I mean, even nowadays too, but just speaking within my age group, everybody would make fun of you. If, you, if you're if you that kid, if you're the loner, if you're the kid that sits in the back of the class or you sit by yourself at the lunch table, you're, you're, you're prime, you're, 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 you're a prime target for that kind of bullying. A lot of people don't realize it. And I didn't realize it at the time either. So, you know, but I was afraid of it because, you know, I didn't know how to move. So originally Spirit Eye was supposed to be my way of journaling in my way. And it was supposed to just come out as like a memoir setup. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't gonna put it out like how, like what I'm doing now, this is very new uh, as far as getting it printed. For me, I was gonna be happy with just printing one copy putting it in a, in a chest and making that my journal. Like that's all it was going to be. So it was already a mental health thing. It was already a way of me expressing my pain. It just wasn't going to be something that I express openly and, you know, 
shared with everyone. I completely understand that. Um, another way that was still you in your art communicating even all this time, but just communicating, obviously as, as you grow older, you have more to communicate. You have more to say and for you to do it in such a that way and to make it, and, and I love the way, we, I love, love the fact that you actually said memoir. I love that fact and that you wanted it to be just yours. I think that's, again, that's incredible that it even started out like that. And now for you to be at that point where you want to actually communicate again with all of us and put that out there and to actually have it out. I think that, and you use the word that it's used a lot more of, and you can feel when it has the sincerity behind it. And I felt nothing but sincerity when you said it, a vulnerability, that opening up. Because when you're vulnerable, you really want to communicate in whatever way it is that you can communicate with. For you, it, it's your art in particular. So for you to do that and to be that vulnerable and to want to communicate with it, it's incredibly beautiful. It's incredibly, um, um, I, I don't like using this word, but it's the only word that I have for lack of a better word. It's very um, powerful and strong because there's incredible strength in vulnerability. And also the fact of you doing that and some kid who's 10 years old, who isn't there yet, reads it and they realize that. And that's how they've been feeling. And it helps them to maybe jumpstart their journey and jumpstart them into that point of being able to say, this is where I am and having to go through their life, but seeing that I'm not alone. There were other people who feel this way. Also, while enjoying this great comic, it's commendable. So I'm going to say this. Thank you. Thank you for putting that out there. Appreciate it. No, I, I appreciate what, what you've done and what you said there was incredibly important and uh, needs to be said. And is so valuable now the comic is not available just yet correct um so i'm very new to the this the comic book the the indie comic book world when it comes mm -hmm. to how i want to push it out so what i wound up doing is just a soft release uh it's it's a soft release of the initial 25 pages basic the 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 initial storyline um, and I have them for personal sale. So it's a soft release. So I have them personal sale, meaning I'm selling them hand to hand. And my, um, you know, my strategy with that is linking this with my mental health, um, thing that I have going on. I like the hand to hand, um, exchange because it allows me to link and connect with people on a personal level. I can look you in the eyes and you know, it may be, it may start a conversation uh, kind of, you know, kind of thing versus mm -hmm. just, you know, being a blind seller and you just buy it off Amazon or buy it off my website. I can, we can exchange and maybe even start a conversation. Um, it, it's just, I like that idea of it better. It gives my comic a little bit more purpose and just me selling something to somebody. 
Um, I'm very big on that. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to me if I'm just selling it. Anybody can sell something, make money off of it. It's, that's just, that's not enough for me. So I'd rather, you know, do a hand-to-hand thing and connect with my audience on that way. Cause I, I, this, I'm doing this cause this, doing this interview fits the, the realm of, of what it fits within. But when it comes to actually connecting with people on a mental health level, I prefer to do it in person. Um, it creates a, a whole nother kind of energy, a whole nother kind of level of vulnerability, a level of comfort, level of, of safe space when it's just you and that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the soft release, yes, I do have them for sale, but I've actually sold most of them. Um, and a lot of dope people have a lot of friends that support it as well. But um, phase two, phase two is going to be my full release, which is going to have more content, more planning, more of an experience. And that is, you know, because phase one, which is a soft release, is just really get my feet wet, seeing how people respond to the idea of me selling comics based off of what they already know about me and what they don't know. Uh, seeing how, you know, see how people um, uh, take to me and take to me selling a product. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that because comic is comic book product is very finicky you know it's it, yeah. you know um it's not it, it's it's a it's a it's a kind of literature that is uh an acquired taste you know uh it's a lot of people don't realize uh the idea of of regular literature versus graphic novel comic book literature have two different ideologies two different things they have two different purposes um and people don't realize that that's why they're different that's why i only read comic books i don't read actual literature because they have two. the the way that your brain functions and assesses them is coming from two different perspectives Mm -hmm. um and i had to you know but but with that being said you know Phase one is just me getting my feet wet, seeing how people respond. People responded pretty well. So now I'm just working on phase two, which is more content, more of an experience. And I'm just going to, I still haven't figured out how I'm going to push it out there. But for the most part, you know, I have a general idea on how I want to, on how I want it to look. Okay. Well, I appreciate all of that. Um, and you actually, you know, it's almost like you're the journey and, and you're processing each step of it, which is good. <clears throat> and the fact that you want it to mean something like when you hand somebody the comic, you want it to mean something. You want it to have an actual gravitas to it. It's just not, OK, you know, you're selling them like left and right, left and right. What happened? You want it to mean something to each person that you hand it to. I can definitely appreciate that. And. I love that that's your your mindset, but that you're also going, okay, so what's step two? You know, it shows that you know, obviously you want it there. You want that con- you, you want that comic to mean something to be that piece of art and to have a voice in and of itself, which is your your voice, but also to get it out there and to have a step two of how can I maybe add more to this to build upon this? I definitely appreciate that. That's awesome. Now, speaking on mental health, which is something that's always very important to me because there are so many people who are dealing with um, 
mental health issues. And like I said, during the pandemic, we found out even more with it. But we all have our ways of trying to keep ourselves grounded and anchored somehow. What's something that you do as self-care to try to keep yourself anchored and grounded? Try and stay away from too many people. Okay. Especially people that don't agree with the same things that I agree with when it comes to um, mental stability. Mm. Um, that's a very big um, thing for me. That's very big for me is who I hang around. Uh, okay. Another is the things that I choose to indulge in and partake in. Um, granted, I'm not perfect. I still have my things that I really need to work on and I'm trying to work on. But for the most part, that keeps me grounded, who I hang around um, and what I choose, how I choose to cope, whether it's healthy, cope, healthy coping mechanisms or unhealthy coping mechanisms, knowing the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. um, practicing practicing uh, accountability for self, that's a big one. Okay. Really just sitting there learning how to have conversations with yourself, not just being crazy or, you know, being delusional or psychopathic. I mean, actual, actual conversations with your conscious, like, yo, is this the right thing to do? Should I be doing this? And once you get in the habit of doing that, you be weirded out as to how your conscious responds. Like I've had many times where it's like, I knew I shouldn't have been doing that. Then a voice will be like, no, no, that's not it. Or if I mess up and I really don't care that I messed up and I don't think I messed up, but then it's like, I'll ponder on it. Like, yeah, you messed up, bro, you messed up. You need to fix that or find a way to, but then I'll start arguing like, but I don't feel like doing that, but I don't, I don't care what you feel like doing this. You know what the right thing to do is. And this was it, wasn't it? Like those kind of conversations, like where there's actual feedback between you and yourself. Cause of, you know, the, the easiest and best truth you'll come across is the truth within. Um, you, you know what the truth is. It, it's just a lot of us have so many, I feel like a lot of us have so many distractions that we're disconnected with self, we're disconnected with the things that ground us, the things in this life that, you know, keep us connected to the ether and to these concepts that are truthful, that are what they are. No gray area, no black and white, they just are what they are. Um, oh, you went out there. Oh, yeah, there you are. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're back. So, you know, self-accountability, who I hang around, and uh, what's the third one? Self-accountability, who I hang around, and uh, I forgot what the third one was, but those are... Those coping, are coping mechanisms, yeah, oh, coping things, yeah. Healthy, healthy coping mechanisms. Mm. Those are all great. I love the fact, as you said, the conversation with yourself, because, and also, honest conversations with yourself. Those are... Brutally very key honest. yeah brutally yeah brutally honest eh? where you know you shouldn't because it if you're having a healthy conversation with someone else and it can be brutal and you can just go okay but when it's yourself you can't go in another room you can't you know take say you know what i'm gonna go take a walk 
and try and get away from that person there that that's you right there and having those conversations are healthy because that's you processing yes you thinking that's you saying okay this is what i shouldn't do i should have did this this is how i can do a better about trying to be a better person we all social media is filled with people who act like they've never made a mistake in our in their entire lives that will drag other people for everything but if you go back further enough into anybody's whatever everybody's got something but it's about how you how you evolve how you try each day to make it better than the day before and everything that you've said from healthy coping mechanisms to the people around you too because they're going to help you to nourish you and to help you to filter out whatever mess is back there but those conversations with yourself those can be some of the most devastating the deepest most enlightening and the best conversations ever so those are great choices to have as far as self-care to really make yourself a better person in general so i applaud you for those thank you speak one of my self-care things is reading reading helps me whether it's a comic whether it's a novel i'm trying to be more i'm trying to do better with novels whether it's whatever i'm trying to do better with all of that but but comics are like that first love of mine what are three comics or graphic novels that are favorites of yours that you would recommend to someone um shoot that's that's a tough one i don't really i'm not i'm not good with favoritism um so i have this very basic belief i'm not in for this reason i'm not good with favoritism i have this very basic belief that everything everything has its own purpose within its own realm of understanding um, mm -hmm. that is equal to as no less than the next thing over um like negative things are just as valuable as positive things each validating the other's existence you can't have something negative without something positive you can't have something positive without something negative to validate the existence of that positivity and the purpose so for me like every kind of like Yeah, like I can think of a lot of comic books that I that I'm into, but I wouldn't choose one over the other. Um, but one of my one of the comics that I characters that I do like for my own reasons is, is Spawn. Um, okay. But just for my own reasons, when it comes to uh, being competitive against the other companies and what they had to offer when I first started reading. Uh, that storyline. Well, Spawn was a groundbreaking. Spawn was a game changer. Yeah, and that's, um, that's why. Spawn was one of those comics that when it came out, I remember I was a sophomore, maybe, or junior in high school, I think, maybe. What, what One of those. And I remember seeing it going, like, what's this? And taking that issue one up like out like off the wall and reading it and i was like oh wow this is this is crazy and it was something so different from what we'd seen from marvel or dc because image was that new kid on the block that was just tearing up the town and to have one of those iconic characters from this company that was an upstart company started from like you know people who had left the others 
And to this day, it's still, and the resurgence that it's had within the last year or two, when it has all these different spinoffs and Al Simmons came back as the main character and for there to be a new series coming out, I want to say early 2024 of a new spawn that's being, and it's the first spawn series being written by a woman and everything for this character to be all these years, decades later and still be a game changer and still be hitting and to have a resurgence like this and to even make it into um, it debuted at the end of issue 30 in Philadelphia to have this character step in there. Yeah. I heard, I haven't started that book, but I've seen the previews. It's one of the, it it took me three, three tries to read the first issue. And I just, it just didn't hit me for some reason. I don't know why. Then I said, you know, let me read it again. I read it again. I was like, wait, wait, hold on, wait. And it hit me so hard. I've been reading it ever since. And Philadelphia spawn. Uh, um, Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah, I haven't started it yet. I want to start it though. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's it has there. There are so many highs and lows, and you feel with the characters, and you really you're like, oh my god, this could be. I could easily see this as a series, because this is the fifth or sixth arc i want to say and it's just it gets better and to introduce and to have spawn in there which is i was my jaw fell when i read the end of that issue and i was like wait what and i i still haven't read issue 31 it's waiting for me and i i want to read it. i just everything has been happening holidays and life stuff what have you but it's such an important character and this new shine on spawn it's so incredible. It's definitely a series that I would say is worth it. It's fun, action-packed, engaging, horror. There's a spin-off series as well, uh, uh, the Nita Hawes, which takes place in Baltimore, but it's linked to Philadelphia. Um, she's um, the lead character of Philadelphia. Uh, the character Nita, uh, Nita Hawes is his ex. And they were dating, I think, before the series starts or just before Philadelphia starts. I'm trying to remember. It's been a long time since I read the first issue. But it just goes from there. And it's so, yeah, Spawn is just one of those. And one of the best animated series ever. Yeah, um, it was Spawn was just amazing. Unfortunately, it was only three seasons, but it's still so game-changing again. So, yeah, it, Spawn is Spawn is worth three picks, truthfully. Spawn, yes, Spawn just has that. Yeah. Yeah. Um I was just thinking um pretty much I think every yeah cuz you you think about Marvel, DC and Image they all are their own realm of quality. They all have their own level, their own their own place in the mm-hmm. world. That I don't think is, you know, it's you know, you have Spawn, you have uh, Image Comics which is indie you have uh, Marvel. I like for Marvel. I like their story arcs and how invested mm-hmm. they are into making their characters relatable and realistic, even though they're not. Um, DC. I like you know. I like a lot of their characters and just their their character arcs. So each one has its own value. Um, one that I that I did forget is um, is under Image. It's uh, under Image. Top Cow, uh, mm-hmm. which was uh, the darkness. 
that to me was also a groundbreaking one. Um, yeah. Uh, darkness, and it was coming off of coming from the Witchblade. Yes. Um, those were pretty dope. Uh, a lot of between uh, between Spawn and the Witchblade uh, Witchblade story arc. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's it's crazy because a lot of DC Marvel, a lot of characters, they started making them off of that that whole um, demonic symbiote. Even though even though um, even though Venom was still you know that symbiote, but once Spawn came, they it it, it intro- I feel like it introduced a whole nother perspective of how dark that symbiote idea uh, and creativity could be. Because I started once Spawn started gaining traction and uh, Witchblade and the Darkness started gaining traction, I started to see other characters in Marvel and DC. They started to make their design real similar, if not close to to how Spawn and and the Darkness designs were symbiote designs. Yeah, well, I mean, um, uh, to McFarlane, I mean, worked on <clears throat> Spider Man and everything, so that. Yeah, I mean that had to be there, but but with Spawn, you you could because there was none of that. You weren't being held into a box as much as you are as you are in Marvel and DC as far as what you can and can't do on on a page. So with Spawn, that's pretty much like taking the weights off and going, okay, let's take a symbiote Venom esque type of thing and go wild. Don't don't hold back. So that's what, and Spawn, I, I want to say Spawn, see, now you're making me want to go and start from issue one. I haven't read Spawn in years. You're making me want to go back and read issue one and just go through it. I might, yeah, that, that, that might have to be a journey that I'll have to make, but it's one of those things where, yeah, you definitely, you definitely can. I, I remember even playing the video game, both of them, actually. There were two? Yeah. Yeah, two video games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I only remember one video game, the one that was on PlayStation. Um Yeah. That one, I remember that that one was that one that one was something different. I remember playing it. I think they gave you, they gave you a, an axe. That was his his weapon of choice. Mm-hmm. And they gave you something. They did something else for you. But I think there was a shotgun. I think so too. I think it was some type of some type of firearm. Yeah, um, maybe it was a shotgun. But I, I remember that. That was that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Um, I I remember buying that game one night. I had been looking at it for a while, and I finally got paid from my from from my job at that time. And I was like, you know what? I really want this game. And I went and I bought it, and I brought it home, and I played it. And I was just having so much fun with it. But there was a game before it on I want to say Super Nintendo. I think. Um, I think I remember, but I never. I didn't get. I think I remember what you're talking about. I just didn't yeah. get into it. Um, Nintendo wasn't my uh, my console of choice, but I, I had my cousins. They had. The Super Nintendo. So whenever I would go over there, that's how I was introduced to a few things. But PlayStation has always been my console, so yeah. that's what I've, I've introduced. I've I've been Nintendo. Well, I I I mean, just because of my age too. I've been all across the board. And Spawn was one of those characters. I was like, oh yeah, I gotta play the game. I remember when Spawn came into Soul Calibur, and that made me buy Soul Calibur because I was Spawn, and it was Spawn in the new suit after he had. I forgot what happened. It was him and the Redeemer. And he had like the, the boot on the one foot and everything like that, like that armor. I remember getting, I was like, oh, bet I got to get so that he, 
they made me buy Soul Calibur by putting Spawn into it. It was one of my favorite characters because he had the big axe and everything. It was just no, so much right. fun. You're right. You're so right. I remember I bought that one too. Mm -hmm. I remember you can even create your own Spawn if you didn't like the one that was there. Yep. You can create them. Um, yeah, I remember that as well. Um, I think one of my favorite my favorite story arc when it comes to Spawn though my favorite story arc is the Armageddon, the Armageddon series. The whole thick is a thick book, looks like probably two thirds the thickness of a Bible. The entire series, it's called mm. the Armageddon. That whole series, well, that's my favorite story arc to this day. Just the way that it was told and the artwork and everything. See, yeah. see now I'm 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 gonna I think I might actually have one one of the compendiums. I think I have the first compendium, but it's making me want to go back and start from from like from like from from jump. And I actually wanna I've been wanting to rewatch the animated series too because it was so again it was so different and it was that late night HBO. I think it was on Sunday nights spawn. I think it was on like after maybe Oz or before Oz, can't remember, but I remember it being on Sunday night, or maybe Friday, Sunday or, fr Sunday or Friday nights, I can't remember which one was, but watching it, and I was like, oh, it was so perfect, and it captured the comics so well, so I think, yeah, so I'm going to have to put some a couple of things aside, and I'm going to have to go with Spawn to, to reread, because I haven't read Spawn in a while, and it is a such an important and iconic character. It had so, a cargo feel to it. Yeah, well, um, uh, uh, because um, uh, what's his name did the voice? Um, Keith David, I don't who remember. who did the voice for for a Goliath? Who does the like that? His voice is so iconic at this point and so noticeable. But even and the he, animation, though, like the darkness and the the music yeah. of the colors of the animation, and I, and I, sitting up in the whole field. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, the fact I know that they they came up with a new comic for it that plays like that um, starts up right after the series the series ended, and I have a few issues of it, but I haven't read it because I actually started rewatching the animated series for for Gargoyles, and I want to get up to my favorite part, which is the Hunter's Moon Saga, where they introduced the Hunters and that whole backstory with Macbeth and the families, which I loved. It's yeah, there's just so much, so much, but folks. I I, I want to thank Rico so much for coming on. I'm going to be real with you. I had I wanted to ask you about restaurants, but truthfully, you gave me so much more than the usual question that I ask about someone's favorite restaurant. You gave me so much more to think about, and truthfully, I yeah, I really just like I and I never say this. I can't even think about food right now because you're making me think about so many other things, which I appreciate truthfully. Uh, which is awesome. So do you have any final words for the folks, Rico? Um, no, not, not really. That's enough, truthfully. Uh, so folks, as always, um, enjoy yourself. Uh, do what you can. Um, just because, yeah, it's every day. Just try to do the best you can with each day. Each day is a new is a new starting point. Think of it as a reboot. Like every day is a reboot, a reset. You're getting to start do it all over again. And hopefully the next day will be better. If it's not, chalk it up to whatever it is. Next day, just try that again. All right. Thank you, folks. Give it up. I know I can't hear people applauding at home, but please still do. 
give it up for Rico. I truly appreciate it. And I am so waiting to um, see what else you come up with in your creative endeavors. Thank you so much for being on. Folks, I am Antonio Palmares, as always. Yes, look at the... As, as as I was saying to you before, I love the blue in there. I love the blue, the purple. I, I love that because purple is one of my favorite colors. It's actually my favorite color. Blue has always been a favorite. So I truly enjoy that like that whole feel. And I, I know you're going to open up to that one page well, that has, I, I'm, I I know there was like this page that I saw on, on, on your social media that the minute it hit me, I said, Oh, that page is beautiful. It was just, it was, it was like all the blue and the purple. It was. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's oof. That's absurd. Um, man. My camera ain't the best. No, it's, it's giving, believe me. It's, it's very Damn. gory, so I have to warn you about that. The complicated <laughs> gory. Well, I mean, we did just talk about Spawn, so I mean, I think, yeah, you know what I mean. So, folks, thank you so very much. I will see you next time on the next uh, Hungry Bleak show. Have a good one. Drink your water. Um, do whatever you can to just enjoy yourself. All right. I'll see you all, and um, eat something tasty for me. All right. See you later. Peace.